Good morning, my OA family. Welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter, The Doctor's Opinion, on page X. XI, and we're going to be going through two paragraphs starting with what's the solution all the way down to a long time has passed with no return to alcohol, unpacking those two paragraphs. Today's readers are, and thank you to Team Tuesday, yay, Danny P, Lindsay W, Nancy R., the 12 Steps, Maria B., and the 12 Traditions, Naomi G. B., Newcomer Greeter, Karen W., and the host for the second awesome on recorded hour, Christine G. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, January 29, 2024, 7 a.m., is 21,079. That's 21. 079 and for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting yesterday 21,080 that's 21080 OA preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Maria B. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Maria. Hi, I'm Maria B. Um, I currently live in New Hampshire and I'm a compulsive overeater. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. 
8 made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9 made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10 continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, I pass. Thank you so much, Maria B. I will now ask for Naomi G.B. to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Naomi. Good morning. Thank you very much for your service, Amy. Uh, this is Naomi G.B. from Ontario, Canada, uh, with the 12 traditions and a recovering, uh, recovered compulsive reader. Um, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has this pardon me each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers six an oa group ought never endorse finance or lend the oa name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money property and prestige divert us from our primary purpose seven every oa group ought to be fully self-supporting declining outside Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OAs such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for the opportunity to do service this month. Thank you so much, Naomi GB. Okie dokie, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. Again, we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. 
To share, press star 1 to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter of the doctor's opinion. We are on page XXI, going through two paragraphs, starting with what's the solution. And I'm going to ask Danny P. to please get us started. Go ahead, Danny. Good morning. Can I be heard, Amy? Yes, very well. Very clear. Thank you. Please go ahead. Thank you, Amy. Thank you for your service. Good morning, visionaries. I'm Danny P. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, only by God's grace and mercy, and I'm from Brazil, Sao Paulo. Very grateful to be here today with you. So let's see our paragraph. What is the solution? Perhaps I can best answer this by relating one of my experiences. About one year prior to this experience, a man was brought in to be treated for chronic alcoholism. He had but partially recovered from a gastric hemorrhage and seemed to be a case of pathological mental deterioration. He had lost everything worthwhile in life and was only living, one might say, to drink. He frankly admitted and believed that for him, there was no hope. Following the elimination of alcohol, there was found to be no permanent brain injury. He accepted the plan outlined in this book. One year later, he called to see me, and I experienced a very strange sensation. I knew the man by name and partially recognized his features, but their all resemblance ended. From a trembling, despairing, nervous rack had emerged a man dreaming over with self-reliance and contentment. I talked with him for some time, but was not able to bring myself to feel that I had known him before. To me, he was a stranger, and so he left me. A long time has passed with no return to alcohol. So this is really uh, an amazing, an amazing paragraph. Uh, the doctor has done his best explaining his uh, theories on alcoholism based on his observation. I understand he's an amazing scientist uh, because he observes and has this ability to translate his observation into theory. And now he's going to close the chapter with, with two instructive stories. He's, he's kind of abandoning his attempts at explanation, and he's offering the, the reader uh, these amazing stories um, that although the, we, the names are not listed, are not identified, I, I'm not sure, but I think one of them, the first one here is Hank Parkhurst, and the second one is uh, Fitzmayo. And uh, what a beautiful... Um, way to to finish the 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 doctor's opinion because uh he's following the pattern of the book 
the book does exactly the same. It tells me what is my problem, what is the solution, how to implement the solution and the program of action. And then it ends up with the stories, <laughs> exactly what he's going to do now. And I can certainly relate to this transformation. I can relate uh, to, to this uh, story uh, because I was completely uh, convinced that I was hopeless. And I was willing and accepting the plan outlined in this book. And this has led me to the implementation of the program of action with the help of a sponsor and uh, trusting God. And the steps, they transformed me really uh, deeply. And I can relate with this beautiful description of a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck into someone who's filled with confidence and contentment. I was remorseful. I was filled with shame. I was extremely angry all the time. I, I never smiled. And by working the steps, I become someone else, completely different because I'm under spiritual guidance. So I'm, I'm making this proper use of the will, and therefore I'm filled with confidence, with peace, with serenity, with, with joy. I'm, I'm useful to others. Okay. And, and this has been an amazing experience. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Danny P., for getting us started. All righty, so we want to hear some more. But we we uh, ask that if you have shared in the, any of the Vision for You meetings for the last couple of days, namely Monday or Friday, we ask that you step aside so that others can also share their experience, strength, and hope. But who would like to share on what was read? First name, David Julie Hamm, New York, Kelly. Amy M. Okay. Mary B. Mary, Mary B. from the UK. Alex B. David C. New Jersey. Jen A. Okay, Jen, gotcha. All right, here's what I have. I, I, a lot of you all came in at the same time. I know it's hard to avoid that, but this is what I've got. Jen A, Mary B, Alex B, Rifka R, David C. So uh, who did I miss? Irini M. Irini. that came in right there at the beginning? Wow, that's amazing. Well, is there anyone else that would like to get on the list? Take a couple more. All right, I guess not. Okay, this is the lineup. Jen A, Mary B, Alex B, Rifka R, David C, Arini M. 
All right, Jen, please go ahead. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for your service this morning. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Littleton, Colorado. Um, Thank you for the beginning and opening share, and what a great, awesome paragraph to end out the doctor's opinion, at least the one of the two. It's so awesome because you know what? Um, I needed a paragraph like this to say, oh, yeah, like somebody who's a wreck, a wrecking ball, can get recovered and not even be recognized. I think that's the cool part. Like the transformation, you come in desperate and wrecked from the neck up. I mean, you're just, I was a mess. Right. I just remember and um, I wasn't going to share this morning, but I had an incident yesterday. You know, like I was in my office like a bull in a china shop directing the show. Pages 60 to 63 was a girl like me, you know, trying to manage and control and manipulate everybody so that you people acted and, and behaved the way I wanted so that I would look good and I would be successful. And that's what gave me self-value and self-worth. And when that didn't work, I turned to food and I ate and I ate and I ate. Or I went to the gym twice a day or I drank pills and potions. You know, like that was my way of solving my problems with food. That was my life. And today I have a different solution. And it's exactly like the man says right here. He accepted the plan outlined in this book. That's the 12 steps. I worked the 12 steps, yeah, to get, you know, transformed. And now it keeps me transformed, right? It's a life worth living on a daily basis to keep working the steps, not just once, but the rest of my life. Mm. Well, I'm in that same job 10 years later. And let me just tell you, you know, I have the opportunity to continue to help my team and go in and be a maximum service to others, to all of God's kids every day. And this week and last week have been the two biggest weeks for me at work. And, you know, I just, I, I did the inventory with my sponsor this weekend, and I prayed and I prayed. And every meeting I went into yesterday, every situation that popped up, I kept pulling up that prayer, you know, that seven-step prayer out of my phone saying, you know what, I can't do this, Lord, you got to do it for me. And amazingly enough, my boss responded back, wow, what an amazing way for you to show up today with your colleagues. That's the transformational process. She's never seen me in the food. She's never seen me a hot mess or yelling and screaming. She never saw that person. I'm really, really glad she didn't. But I'm so glad that God keeps working on me. And this true story happened in my life. So if you're new today, welcome to the line. Get somebody's number who is recovered, who's worked these steps to guide you, and and pray that you go from that, you know, desperate state to that transformative Um, new life and new way to live. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Amy. Thanks so much, Jenna. Yep. I never want to graduate either. What a great effing paragraph. (laughs) All right. Let's keep rolling. Mary B, you are up, followed by Alex B. Mary B, you're up. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. My name is Mary B. I'm a recovered compulsive eater. and that, I'm very grateful for this paragraph today and to hear what I've heard shared as well about transformation. And that's what summarizes this section of the book up for me that we've read today. Um, from a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck had emerged a man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. So it talks about self-reliance there, but actually in, in, it, for me, it's God-reliance. 
that leads to my contentment. And, um, you know, it, 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 even the transformative power is there in what's written. You know, I was not able to bring myself to feel that I had known him before. That is physical evidence of the psychic change from one alcoholic to, you know, one compulsive eater being able to demonstrate to another exactly what that change can be by living the change. And how do I live that change? Well, there's a direct example that I've got in my own experience of how, oh, you know, I'm no longer stuck um, being entirely abstinent. I've had some space to have that spiritual awakening and that transformation that's talked about there. And I was a mess, you know, I was, I couldn't stop. Step one for me was about, I am, I, once I start, I can't stop whatever behavior that is with eating, not eating, um, you know, any kind of behavior. And once I stop on my own willpower, I cannot manage that decision to stay stopped. But having surrendered to a power greater in myself and having that psychic change means that I, not, I stop doing not only my addictive behavior with food, but also other behavior that creates chaos and drama in my life. I had a choice, I have a choice, I have a dignity of choice in how I behave. And today I was able to choose a different way in a situation where I would have previously chosen to argue, retaliate, cause discord and harmony. And I just paused, I followed the directions that I know work in this program. I asked for guidance from a higher power, and I listened, and I took that action. And this this transformation is is where it, it bears, you know, I can bear witness to that happening in my own life, and I'm I'm grateful for that. So thanks for giving me the opportunity, and I'll pass. Thanks, Mary B. I'm taking a wild guess from England. Yes. And also, I forgot to repeat that Jen A is from Colorado. So when people are looking up, it makes it easier to find folks on the contact list. All right. So Alex B, you're up, followed by Rivka R. So don't forget to say where you're from. Okay, Alex, please go ahead. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Alec B, A-L-E-C-B, from St. Louis, Missouri. And I'm so glad to be with you this morning. You know, I even have this thought during my meditation this morning, like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to listen to something else, listen to a podcast or a book or whatever in the, in the morning? And I thought, no. <laughs> no, my my mm-hmm. recovery, uh, maintaining this recovered uh, state, it needs to be first, needs to be the, the, the most important thing. And not only because it, you know, it's not out of this place of fear, but of maintaining this contentment that's been, been given me, right? I, I think back um, before I had this plan or before I did the plan as outlined in this book and that cycle of, of, uh, of restriction and binging and restriction and binging and just seems so painful. It was so painful. Like there was no way out until even after I came into these rooms, right? Because I wasn't willing yet to surrender um, and even to surrender my self-reliance, right? It talks about self-reliance here. Well, I had to surrender that because I wasn't able to rely on any of my own thinking or my own planning or my own project or any of that. And I'd surrender all of that so that through following the plan outlined here, every part of it, making the, doing the, the inventories, saying the prayer, 
um, deepening in that prayer, allowing this relationship with God every day through the 11th step to intense step to really guide me every day. That's what brought healing to my my will, to my reliance. Like, yeah, I'm not afraid of the food. I'm not afraid of of I'm not I'm not worried about my body, my weight, any of that. I'm able to be content, to be content, and to just be at peace. Where now I think about this program, where does it help me? It helps me with honesty. It helps me with listening. It helps me with empathy. It helps me with service. I was with a friend uh, the other night, and she just started to share something really painful from her life. And she said, you know, I, I've never felt more human in, in, in her where she is right now in this really broken place. And for me, I just felt moved by God to share with her about my OA journey, because right here in these rooms are where I feel most human, where I'm, I feel my weaknesses, I feel my addictions, I feel my need. And it is, it is here in this place where I'm the most human. And in this place of humanity, well, that's where I find, that's where God is too, right? And my God knows uh, humanity so deeply. Um, and so, yeah, I'm grateful for this program. It's worth it. I didn't think it would work for me until I followed the plan every Alec, I think we lost you. Well, that was Alec D. from St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, I'm sorry, you lost me. Yeah, Alec B. from St. Oh, Louis. Oh, now you're I'll back pass. there. Well, okay. it's okay. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Alec. Appreciate you. Yeah. All right, so Alec D. from St. Louis, Missouri. All right, Rivka R. followed by David C. Go ahead, Rivka. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, it's Rivka R. Uh, gratefully recovered in Baltimore, um, compulsive leader. And thank you so much, Amy, for your service. Um, I, I'd been away uh, out of town for, for three weeks, um, taking care of some family obligations, so I haven't been able to be on the line. And it's so good to be back. It's in my routine in my kitchen and my bed. Um, before I share on the paragraph, I just wanted to mention that, that somehow my my phone bumped off all the names of my contacts and just left numbers. So if anyone has contacted me in the past and wants to contact me again, to please text me again with your name and number so I can put it back in my contacts. Um, that's been a little frustrating. But anyway, the, the line that, that jumped out at me was um, Bill's first step that uh, he frankly admitted he believed, he frankly admitted and believed that for him there was no hope which means he was doomed, like it says in the last paragraph, and, I, and doomed in the dictionary uh, said um, inevitably ending in frustration, desolation, or tragedy to render certain failure or defeat a fixed course to a disastrous conclusion. I was thinking that um, this fixed course to a disastrous conclusion first that um, that my thinking is is really off. <laughs> so um, and you know that awareness that it is really what recovery is for me. Like with God's restoration to sanity, I can see that disastrous conclusion before it happens. So the last day before I came back, I had this an insane thought. Um, you know, I know how to eat. Why do I have to do all this stuff? Um, and to me, like recovery is not about never having an insane thought. It's about knowing what to do with those insane thoughts. So mm -hmm. first being able to recognize it, that it's an insane thought. <clears throat> and two, how do, do I talk back to that insane thought? So I had this thought, 
and and thank God right away reality, which to me is God, jumped in. Like, you are a powerless, compulsive overeater who is doomed without all this stuff. You've been there countless times before. You stop all this stuff, and you will get another insane thought. Like, you can have a piece of bread. And because insane thoughts just breed insane thoughts. And then, before you know it, a package of chocolates will seem like a sane thought. And then I'm on the road to a disastrous conclusion. Um, So thank God (laughs) it was just a thought came in, left, and um, just, you know, that that every line in this big book, like we're, you know, like being able, like recoiling from it as, as if from a hot flame. It's so true. It's, it's exactly what we have to do, what I have to do. So I'm um, so glad to be back uh, home and back here on the line with you, all of you, and, um, yeah, be on, on the road not to a disastrous conclusion. <laughs> okay, thanks. Have a great day, everyone. I pass. Thank you, Rivka R. from Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, David C. followed by Irene M. Go ahead, David. Hi, this is David C. from New Jersey. Very grateful to be here. Uh, This paragraph uh, really gives me a lot of hope. Um, I was absent for a long time, and then uh, over the next few years, I've just been up and down. And uh, on the program, off the program, I never failed to, uh, you know, to show up at meetings and things like that. Um, but food-wise, I was just on and off. This paragraph gives me great hope that um, that there could be a transformation, and uh, you know that God can do for me what I can't do, cannot do for myself. This is really part of step two. This paragraph that um, you know that God can really uh, change my life. Um, which has happened many times before, but um, uh, my sponsor pointed out um, step one in the uh, in the AA twelve and twelve, and uh, I was reading that, and uh, step one over there says that um, you know a person really has to hit has to hit bottom to uh, really feel the ringer in order to uh, to get uh, absent, and step, you know, it also says over there that um, the a person can <clears throat> can bring up their bottom um, by in certain ways, and uh, as opposed to waiting until you're, you know, in the hospital, uh, there are ways to bring up the bottom artificially. So yesterday I wrote, I, I looked up on the internet um, effects of obesity and negative, you know, what happens with obese people, and uh, pretty scary stuff, uh, the medical repercussions. So I've uh, printed that out, and I'm going to read it every day, and that's going to bring up my bottom, uh, just the, uh, the, the, the horror of what this disease does to me. So um, thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, David C. from New Jersey. And before we move on to Irene, I'm just going to give a friendly reminder. We are on page XXI in the doctor's opinion. We are at the top of the page. What is the solution? Going through two paragraphs ending in a long time has passed with no return to alcohol. So we'll be taking more names after Irene M. Okay, Irene, please go ahead. You're up. 
Thank you, Amy, for your service. Um, and I believe it's XXXI. Page. Oh, sorry, missed that. Thank That's you. okay. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. Mm. Yeah, there's so much hope from reading this paragraph, and there is a way out. And I, too, before recovery, seemed hopeless. I was in such resistance, not letting go of my ways of doing things. You know, I thought I can control food, I control myself and others. And I was very defiant. Um, I didn't want to believe that I can't control something so simple as food. How silly does that sound? How is it possible that food had such power over me? Yet, my behavior of my hand to my mouth and back to the food and back into my mouth was uncontrollable. And I tried everything, but nothing worked. And I was baffled. I didn't feel safe. I lived in fear most of my life. I was tired of fighting the food. I was tired of fighting relationships, fighting with myself. So it was my thinking that brought me to my knees. It forced me to let go, to surrender for something better. And I had to put the food down, put my reliance into a power greater than myself, and pick up the spiritual toolkit. You know, I had to accept my reality that I was powerless with my trigger foods, that I couldn't control myself and others. And once, when I saw the truth, the truth always sets me free. That's one of my favorite lines. So once I surrendered, something happened to my thinking. When I surrendered, my negative thought turned into a positive thought. Hopeless became hope. I can't do this became I can and able to recover with the help of God, my fellows, and the 12 steps. Surrendering and accepting the truth and mostly having hope, there was a sense of like freedom from resistance, no longer having to fight the food, fighting myself, fighting others, fighting life, you know. I had to accept reality, you know, get out of my illusions, my lies. And it's such a paradox when I let go and surrender being hopeless, I become hopeful. When I let go and surrender defiance, I become accepting. When I let go of my willpower, I become powerful with God. And I love that. Um, I started to believe I had so much hope in having faith in God and in myself, and I took action. And it is hope that gives me my spiritual eyes to see the truth. It's through the process of awakening to the truth frees me from my insanities, just as long as I stay connected to God, to myself and others. I live this amazing life of freedom from the Hi. bondage of self, a very grateful heart, and the abundance of joy. I thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irenia from New York. Okay, so who else would like to share on what was read? Betsy P. from like South that. Carolina. Nancy P.? Betsy P, Nancy P. Did I miss someone before Nancy P? I have Betsy P and Nancy P. It's Kelly S. 
Kelly, gotcha. Cynthia C. from Florida. Cynthia. Sheila P. from Florida. Who, who from Florida? Sheila B. Oh, Sheila. Charlotte T. from Nashville. Charlotte? Correct. Jo- Joanne L. from Ohio. All right, Joanne, I'll put you down, but we may not get to you. Let's see. Joanne L. All right, so I have Betsy P., Nancy P., Kelly S., Cynthia C., Sheila B., Charlotte P., and Joanne S. All right, Betsy P., you're up. Please go ahead. Okay, thank you. Um <clears throat> I just want to focus on this one sentence. It says, from a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck had emerged a man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. And, of course, we know because we've read this book that that self-reliance, what looked like self-reliance to Dr. Silkworth was actually the promises having come true and Bill's life as a result of working these steps. It says um, on page 84 that um, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. And, of course, that is going to look like we're just very confident and self Reliant, and then under on page eighty-five, under the um, what I call or, or have heard called the step ten promises, <clears throat> it says that um, we will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. Um, we we feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected, and. I just feel like um, when when he uses this term self-reliance here, that that is what he's seeing. He's seeing a person who has worked these steps, who has done an inventory, who has admitted his defects to God and others and to himself. He's made amends to people he's harmed. And he now is out there searching for um, other alcoholics, people that he can help, and so I don't know. I just this really speaks to me. This paragraph speaks to me about um, what my life can be as a result of working these steps. And I do today believe that um, we have to keep working the steps. I mean, I choose to do that. And I um, am getting ready to start my second round of the steps um, with with a sponsor. And um, I'm really looking forward to it because I know that um, more to me. Um, so today I'm just really, really grateful. Every day a vision for you is on my gratitude list. And all of you who serve to make it possible are also on that list. So thanks to all of you. Thank you, Betsy. Can you remind me where you are from, please? So you can get it down. Betsy, what state? 
Okay. South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina. Thank you so much. Yes. That's Betsy P. Okay. from South Carolina. And now we have Nancy P. followed by Kelly S. Go ahead, Nancy. Hey, good morning, Amy. This is Nancy P. recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Uh, what is the solution? So Nancy P.'s own personal experience that I lived with this body sitting in this chair, that I was doomed. My life was a disaster, and if I was awake, I was eating as fast as I could. I was a screaming harpy, full of fear and pain and rage. And, you know, I had been in this program for decades before I recovered. Um, And what I found out when I went through this book with um, the guidance, under the guidance of someone in whom the problem had been solved, I found out that um, I don't need to get abstinent and work the steps. I found the steps don't, you know, that says following the elimination of alcohol, um, you know, that's when, that's when I worked the steps. I put, I put the food down for one minute and I was able to start this process and I have not had to hurt myself with food since the first day that I dialed into a vision for you. And, um, you know, it's just so like, that says following the outline in this book. So an outline is just the sort of the, the outside of it. You know, it's just like the, if you're writing a paper or a book, you write an outline first. Here are my points. These are what I'm going to cover. So this outline has 12 points. And anything in between or what I choose to fill in by myself, again, under the guidance of someone in whom the problem has been solved or as today I don't talk to that person anymore. She only works with newcomers. Um, I mostly do find what I need through fellow, what I call fellowshipping, talking to other people. And, you know, what happened to me is, I don't know. I don't know what happened to me. What I can say is finally, 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 I accepted the plan and not only accepted it, I embraced it. Just the outline, this, you know, this road of happy destiny has 12 road signs and I got to pass each one of them. And I, you know, within that parameter and, what happened was I got exactly what this book says I'll get. Every single promise this book tells me about has become mine and has become my reality. These 12 steps themselves do not say you won't want to control and manipulate. They don't say you won't, that you'll have hope or won't be desperate or feel alone or, or anything. The outline only says we admit, we take a look, we make an honest effort, we seek, we awaken, and we help others and become useful. And all of that is exactly what has happened. Every single breath I take is joy. Even when my life sucks, I tell people this all the time because nobody cares what I think and nobody does what I say, especially my kids. And, um, and, and you know, yet in spite of all that, my, my spiritual life grows by leaps and bounds every day. Just last night in my 11th, somebody, somebody's not muted besides me, um, just last night in my 11th step inventory, I wrote, it says, were we resentful? And I said, no. In fact, I've come to a whole new surrender around my daughter, and I'm filled even more. I didn't think I had more joy that I could possibly experience, and yet here I am on another plateau higher than the last one. And I have every confidence that that will continue for the rest of my life because I do this. I admit, I take a look, I make an honest effort, I seek, I awaken, I help others, and I become useful. And it all starts with one thing. Say it with me, people. Surrender, surrender, surrender. And with that, I'll pass.
Moderator, you're muted. Amy, you're muted. Amy, star one. Yeah, I got kicked out. I'm back, so can you all hear me? All right, so I think Nancy yes. T was wrapping. We hear you. Okay, great. Yeah, Thank we you. hear you. Yeah, sorry about that. I just got kicked off the line. No no worries. Okay, I'm back. So Nancy P. was wrapping up. Uh, Nancy, you had about 20 seconds before. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Or we'll move on to the next person. No, I, I think I'm done for today. Talking. Thank you. No, I did. I did. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for your patience, Nancy. <clears throat> All right. That was Nancy P. from Massachusetts. Kelly S., you're up, followed by Cynthia C. Go ahead, Kelly. Hey guys, it's Kelly S. Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, thank you, Amy, for your service. Uh, grateful to be on the line this morning and um, a lot of really powerful shares. <clears throat> I love the thing of not only accepting this process but embracing it because that was the thing for me is I had to realize it's not just about working the steps, it's living these steps. And, you know, before we get to these paragraphs here, you know, the, the doctor is just telling us, his opinion about all the things that we need to do, which is the elimination of compulsive eating. We need to put the food down. And that's been a big uh, conversation, you know, with our meetings lately is how we have to start putting the food down, right? We have to put the food down. And but what I love about these paragraphs is these are demonstrations of that. And, you know, this guy's here and he's seem, seemingly hopeless as, as the book said. I, I too was seemingly hopeless. You know, I'd been on these rooms for years. I thought I had done everything that I could do. Um, and I just thought there was no hope, right? And so I finally got the message. It took me a long time to get this message, and which I had to put the food down, you know, and which is what this guy did, right? Elimination of alcohol. And, and, and then he got busy, and he, and he, did the, he uh, um, accepted the plan of the outline in this book. And for me, what took me so long to understand, you guys, was the whole idea that I'm putting the food down, that I'm doing this work for this transformation, you know, that I'm not just trying to fit this program into my life, that this is a way of life. This is about a way of life, right? And it's about not just saying, oh, I'm abstinent, or I'm, I'm maintaining normal body weight. I'm no longer doing my behaviors, right? It's being a different person. It's living by spiritual principles. It's embracing this. It's a program. It's a design for living. It's not a design for weight loss or a design for, uh, you know, food control. You know, it's a design for living. And that was a thing that I didn't get for all the decades that I was around, right? I never had that transformation. And what is it going to take? Well, it's going to take complete abstinence. It's going to take not only working these steps, because I just wanted to work the steps. Okay, how long is it going to take to work these steps, right? How long is it going to take to get through this work? I'd get through this work and then, okay, I'm good. I'm abstinent, you know, and, but it's about the transformation. And to do that, I'm going to have to work the steps. I'm going to have to get this connection with power. Because that's what it, this really is all about. The only way I'm going to change is God. You know, God, you know, I can put food on a scale. I can commit it. But God gives me neutrality, right? I can make an action plan of how I'm going to show up different. But God's going to change my heart. And today I feel that. I have that neutrality with food. And the trippiest, craziest thing, you guys, is I really do want to live by spiritual principles. And I'm seeing it happen. I'm feeling my heart change. I feel like that grudge when his heart starts growing in, that, in the cartoon when he hears the people singing. And it's like, you can't do that by yourself, but it all comes from, you know, that place of desperation and giving up. This guy had completely given up, no place else to go and ready. And I have a sponsor who said, Kelly, something's got to change, right? I wasn't living. I wasn't really growing in these principles. And that's what about, you know, it's not just working them, checking them off, 
It's living them and getting this connection with power and showing up different. So grateful today that I'm willing to do that. With that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thanks so much, Kelly S. from Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. All right, Cynthia C., you're up. Please go ahead, followed by Sheila B. Excuse me. Good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you, Amy, for your service, and thank you for all who shared before me. Um, as uh, I don't know what else I can add to that. However, I did want to claim my seat. Um, but yeah, I am doomed. Um, I, I was the doomed person, you know, uh, and I loved the explanation of that being a fixed course to a disastrous outcome. Um, and I know today with, with God, you know, God's power is limitless. God's um, energy, whatever people want to call it. Um, and it does begin with the food. You know, I had to accept that I have, you know, I have alcoholic foods or whatever my drug of choice of the day is because I am a full-blown addict and I have to take this, these principles into every area of my life. And, you know, trusting God, cleaning house and helping others is what we have to do. We have to continue to do that, surrender and recover. Um, I am, oh, by the way, I am Cynthia from, um, Cynthia C. from Florida, uh, living in recovery today. And, um, you know, when I w- recently went through this work again with a, a very loving person, um, she had me write in that, you know, this process that I, that we do, do is, is like we're in a cocoon, you know, prior you put the food down and then you do this work and, you know, the butterfly has to go through this process, through its process before it can emerge into a different being. And, um, you know, that is the hope. So there's so much hope in this. You know, I was the despairing, nervous wreck. I, you know, self-reliance and contentment, and, and I think somebody said it very nicely, that that comes from my higher power, not me. Because if I think it comes from me, then, you know, I'm resting on my laurels and I don't think I need to do this work. Um, you know, and, and I love that, you know, he, he thought he knew him, but he wasn't quite sure. And I will just end with... Um, you know, I love that the hope in that a long time has passed with no return to alcohol, that this is a design for living. Yes, the elimination of my alcoholic foods was but a beginning, is but a beginning. And, you know, my sponsor who took me through recently also added, um, had me add that it's possible to go through these steps and never binge again. And that brings me so much hope if I do this work, you know, and that the promises are coming true. So with that, I pass. And thanks again. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much, Cynthia C. from Florida. So we've got five minutes left. We've got Sheila B. and Charlotte T. If you guys want to split it. And Joanne, sorry, we're not going to get to you. Hopefully you can share on the second hour. Um, Sheila, please go ahead, followed by Charlotte. Okay, yeah, good morning, um, Sheila uh, from Florida. And, um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to make uh, just a comment and just share where I am on that statement about how the guy, you know, he saw him a year later. And all the while, you know, for a very long time, for years, when I saw that sentence, it's I immediately, as relates to, Food recovery, I immediately, you know, equated with, you know, someone seeing me a year later, and I look physically different, uh, and and that was my story, 
is that, you know, someone saw me a year later and I looked physically different. And um, today, um, I'm just, um, <laughs> I'm in a place, I'm in an age in my life where, you know, that's, it's harder to see a difference <laughs> a year later, but I physically, but man, I do have a desire for people to see something else different. Um, I have a boss who was upset at me about something I did or didn't do. And I knew he was upset without him raising his voice. And just from how he handled me, I wanted to do a better job. And that's, you know, I'm, you know, come from the thought that um, I thank you for someone else the first share that, you know, you know, you get people to do what you, you know, you know, you let people know they're disappointing you by raising your voice and hollering at them. And I don't have to do that. There's other options. And um, it's my desire as I'm, you know, continuing through um, living the principles of this program that 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 is what people see a difference in a year later. That's what my family sees a year later. That's what my coworkers see differently for me a year later. And so that's it. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Sheila B. from Florida. Okay, Charlotte P., you are up. Please take us out. You got two minutes and, I don't know, a couple, two minutes and change. Charlotte, go ahead. Did I not hear Charlotte? My Charlotte P. Sorry. I'm so sorry. There you are. Um, yes, Charlotte T. is in Tom from Nashville. Um, I really wanted to just claim my seat. Um, this paragraph always makes me remember the um, when I was in the depths of my disease uh, and how different I feel now. Um, I, I had some, so for some reason I was moved in 2004 when I, uh, was, uh, started recovery. I I wrote a letter to myself in the front of my big book and, um, it tell, it goes through all the things, all the unmanageability, all the overwhelmed, uh, being overwhelmed in debt, um, being uh, that my business had declined, that the people I loved weren't speaking to me. I mean, I I really poured it out, and I'm so grateful that I did because I can look back and remember um, vividly where I was sitting, what was going on. I remember a a, a debtor, a, a collector called on a bill while I was writing this, and it was just a very powerful thing. It still is. Uh, at the at the end of the uh, writing, it says there's a description of you on page 52. I wrote this to myself. There's a description of you on page 52. We were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were prey to misery and desperation. We couldn't make a living, and we had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Um, and that was me in a nutshell. Um, I have, I'm a chronic relapser. Um, I know the joy of being abstinent. Um, I, I have, um, uh, the experience of getting there and I just pray to God that he'll help me today. 
staying abstinent and being part of this beautiful program. And thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you so much, Charlotte P. from Nashville, Tennessee. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Uh, Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today's 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, January 30th, 2024, is 21,082. That's 21082. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Lindsay, would you please read a vision for you? Yes, good morning. This is Lindsay W., compulsive overeater in Houston, Texas. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you, Lindsay. Just waiting for the recording.